What's going on? It's the emergency video? What the fuck? What the fuck are we doing here? What are we doing? It's the emergency stream. I thought that happened every Wednesday. Well, you know what? There's 20 people in this field. Like, three people care about golf, and the big guy's got a little bit of a chess culture. You're getting a, you're getting a video, and you'll like it. What's up, new guy? I hope you're finding my channel. YouTube put me in the algorithm this week. I don't know what the hell to do. I got some new subscribers. If you like the cut of my jib, come check out the schedule. I do NFL, college football, and, of course, most importantly, PGA, and I'm a high-limit DFS player that's here to help you not suck ass at this stuff because if you don't know the mean streets of dfs there's some tough ass streets they're like baltimore and the wire that's how tough they are okay let's get going without further ado let's shut the fuck up all right contest selection this is where it all starts and i gotta tell you i'm kind of surprised that my boys over at DraftKings are still putting out decent contests even for the hero world challenge right um, you know, they kept the $200 alive. Um, and you know, it looks like it's, it's not even, it's just barely over halfway now, right? It's about 60%. It's filling. It's going to fill. Um, but as you see, $60,000 price pool, 12,000 to first 20%. That's where I want to be. I wish it were more like 15%, but I'm not going to bitch about that. Here's what I'm going to bitch about <clears throat> the big $20, which by the way is not even halfway full yet. Overlay watch, be up early, be watching the overlay in the big $20. One third of all the money goes to first. If that's three hundred thousand, one hundred thousand to first. How about this? How about you get the fuck out of here, DraftKings? I ain't gonna play in it. Well, okay. If there's an overlay, I'll play in it. But uh, just stay away from those. The good tournaments to play in tomorrow: your one hundred dollar single entry, your two hundred dollar single entry, your three maxes, your five maxes, and always the one dollar twenty max, the three dollar twenty max. Those are such better tournaments. But if I could really just give you one piece of advice this week, play Showdown. I know the Showdown contests are probably gonna suck. Shit, I got them right here. Let's just go look. Um, uh, what do we got? The twelve thousand, so not great. But I'm telling you, the bigger edge this week is at Showdown because over seventy two holes where there's no cut, the chalk is going to get there more commonly than it, you know, like more at a higher rate than it does on a week where there's a cut, right? And there's fewer players to choose from, so there's just a good chance that like they're going to get there, right? That's just it's just basic math. However. Whenever you're projecting over four rounds, a chalky guy like John Rom this week is going to do well, largely, because he's guaranteed those 72 holes. But in showdown, he's only guaranteed 18 holes. And for 18 holes, maybe those putts are just lipping out, maybe just having that one bad day. So for me this week, I'm going to be dedicating much more of my PGA funds to showdown than I am to uh, week long. Because a week long, you know what? There's just not much of a game to play. There's no weather edge because they're all going to be on the course at the same fucking time. There's no... <clears throat> There's no uh, 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 recent form edge because we haven't really seen any of these guys. There's really not even any great statistics to go off of if you're like, oh, I love my model kind of guy. So, like, at the end of the day, you're just picking. And if you're playing the ownership game, which is really the only game you can play this week, the only game theory game you can play this week is ownership, just know that ownership in the short term means dick. The ownership game is a long-term game that I am playing over multiple years and knowing that if I constantly fade the chalk, it will eventually pay off for me in the long run. In a given sample, it fucking sucks okay there you go that's the truth hey by the way if you're gonna go hop in a, a DraftKings, go toss your lineup in my tournament right first place you get a you get to we'll do a 20 dollar uh whatever the main event thing is when uh, golf comes back with the tournament of champions me and you will make it together i'll pay for it we'll split the profits 50 50 so hop in there second place free month on the discord which people seem to really like so with that said let me ask you the first question i'm always going to ask you new guy have you made your lineups yet? Yeah, haven't you? You son of a bitch. Um, all right. Well, I forgive you, but I'm going to let you redeem yourself. What's the first thing we always check? New guy. What is it? What? Uh, uh, uh. That's right. It's weather. Good job. So if you don't know, they're down in the they're in the Bahamas. That's that's like in the, 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 the Caribbean. The Caribbean. However the fuck you want to say it. 
If they would have played today, they would have roasted this course. Because look at it. Some nice soft conditions with a little light sprinkle down in the Gulf. And no winds. But look. Look what happens tomorrow. They all tee off around uh, 9 to 10 a.m. local time. And look at what's going on here. Ooh. It starts to get a little windy, and then that's going to continue over on to Friday. So, you know, if you're one of those people that likes to measure weather, you know, like, oh, this guy's a good wind player because he's from Europe. Okay, well, then good. Go play that because there's definitely going to be wind. And if we know anything about these resort courses, the wind is usually the only protection these courses have. They're not usually played to be difficult, right? And so uh, if you if you don't like guys that play poorly in the wind, this might be a bad week to play in because if you go look at the forecast, it's going to be basically Sunday. Or Thursday afternoon on all the way through Sunday, it's going to be windy AF. It's going to be very windy. And so, if you got a guy that you think is a bad wind player, I wouldn't play him. Now, a lot of you are thinking, oh, wind edge. So, I'm going to go play Thursday AM guys and Friday PM guys because look at that, ooh, that wave edge. They're all going to be on the course at the same time, you dumbass. There's only 20 of them. They go off in twos off of the first one. It's only an hour and 40 minutes between the two. For showdown, there might be a little bit of an edge to chase there, but to think that you're going to get some you know, one or two-stroke differences between the waves, there is no waves, dude. Cut it out. By the way, uh, we uh, are adults here. We check more than one site, and a wise old man once told me the Weather Channel does weather, and so that's, we're going to go look at that also. And look at this. Look at this. It's it, it, Thursday morning, and then look, oh, it picks up Friday or picks up Thursday afternoon, and then Friday, oh, it's windy as fuck. All right, so we got two sources saying the same thing. We feel pretty good about it. It is the Caribbean. Things could change. But what I'm taking away from this weather is that it is going to be windy. And guys who don't like to fly the ball and get creative with balls in the wind, then this might not be the best conditions for them. Uh, this, if everybody wants to go play Kalamorikawa, you go play that delicate little sunflower. This is enough to get me off of a chalky Kalamorikawa. I don't care how cheap or underpriced he is. You mother father, you go play him. I'll pass. I'll pass all day long. Twice on Sunday. Yeah. Hey. Look at that. Look at the big guy. 2,000 subscribers. I want to thank all of you guys. It all started with this golf channel. Couldn't have done it without you. Please spread the word. Continue to like and subscribe. I really appreciate it. I want to get to 3,000 by the Masters because that's what the fuck I want to do. There you go. All right. I want to take a little time. I haven't done one of these little exposés in a while, but it's been highly requested, so I thought I would do it real quick because, you know, why the fuck not? It's, uh, it's not like we got a lot, of, a lot of strategy to talk about in a 20-person field, so I want to talk a little bit about product ownership. So often in this industry, PGA DFS, which is like one of the least sharp of all the DFS communities out there. No, it is probably the least sharp. Uh, everybody talks about ownership. Oh, the winning lineup had 82% ownership. And like, that's such a misnomer, right? Like, I mean, to look at just the cumulative ownership, to add up the ownership of all six of your guys and act like that is some direct correlation to success or not success is, is I don't know how else to say it. It's fucking elementary, okay? What you people really need to focus on is product ownership. You want your lineup to be different than everybody else's, right? Not just because like dupes. Dupes aren't that common in PGA, right? Well, <laughs> for some guys they are. But for most people, duping is not that common because the, the plays are usually so uncorrelated to each other that it's very easy to have six different guys that are different from everybody else in the field because of the large amount of choices, right? Whereas in, like, in a showdown NFL, we see a lot more duping because there's only so many choices and the obvious plays are correlated to each other, right? 
So what we want to do is we want to be able to not just worry about not being duped, but we also don't want our lineups to have the exact same four guys that thousands of other lineups have. And we're basically just playing two V2s versus hundreds and thousands of lineups. Because when you're doing that, you essentially are just playing a fucking scratch off and you have no edge. Matter of fact, you're just paying the rake and you're probably losing. So the key to understanding how to be different is to understand product ownership. And product ownership is the most simplest thing in the world to understand, but people treat it like it's like fucking hieroglyphics. Okay. So what you want to know is product ownership is you just simply multiply the ownership of all of the guys in your lineup. Take their projected ownership. Of course, we don't know what their actual ownership is going to be tomorrow when it comes out. But we do have people who make very good projected ownership. Brick makes very good projected ownership. I make very good projected ownership. I'm a sweaty bastard. I put a lot of time into it. I better have good ownership. So some of the sites you pay for out there, not so much. But I won't shit on them. A lot of them are my friends. So I'll just keep my mouth shut. So a lot of people would say, all right, if you play six golfers tomorrow and the average ownership for each golfer tomorrow is going to be 30%, 600%, six spots, 100%, and then there's 20 golfers, divide 600 by 20, 30% is the average ownership of every golfer tomorrow in the Hero World Challenge. So with that, if you took it and you did 30% and you just managed to find six guys that were all exactly 30% owned, that would give you a cumulative ownership of 180%. And I'm telling you, that number don't really make a fucking shit at all. Okay, it doesn't make a difference at all because if you did that and you went and put it in the big $5 tournament, which there are 19,000 entrants, right? So your product ownership would be you multiply all, all six of those. You would come up with 0.000729. Like, what the hell does that mean? Well, it doesn't really matter what that means. What matters is you take that number and you multiply it times the number of entrants in the tournament that you were interested in. So for the big $5, let's just round it to 19,000, as you can see I did there. And you should expect your lineup that you're putting in there to be duped about 14 times out of the 19,000 lineups. That's horrific. You don't want to be duping 14 times a lineup, right? That is a really, really, really dumb way of doing it. Because even if you hit and you, let's say you get fifth place, you're going to be in a fifth place train with 14 other people and you're probably going to get like a hundred bucks for your lineup, right? So you don't want that. You don't want that. Furthermore, the problem with this is, is not only are you going to be duped numerous times, there's also going to be a million other lineups that have the exact the exact same five pieces as you, and they're just one off. So now you're basically playing a 1v1 versus another 50-person train. This is a very, very dumb way to make lineups, is to take these guys that all have these relatively high or, or above average ownership. So remember this number, 180 right here, right? I'm going to show you how this works, okay? Now let's say you want to play John Rom tomorrow, and he's going to be 60%, and you want to play whoever. Let's just say it's uh, Tom Kim, and he's 60%, right? You can't play those two guys. They're too chalky, but watch. Let's now let's just go throw four 15% guys in the lineup, right? That's 0.15. See, it's converting it over there for all of you that aren't good at math. And look, what is your cumulative ownership? It is still 180%. 180%. The exact same as the one we did earlier when everybody was 30. So I didn't change the cumulative ownership. But what really matters is now go look at your product ownership when you multiply all these times each other. Now this number is much lower. Okay, maybe you don't know that. Well, if you don't, just go take it and multiply it times that same 19,000. And now you would expect this lineup right here, even though you have the two chalkiest guys, two 60% owned guys in it, it's only going to be duped less than four times on average. That's incredible. That's literally four times a better lineup as far as not being duped as the one we just looked at a minute ago. So how do we do this? Well, the key is getting guys that are not as highly owned. Okay, this not only... I got my cat just opened the door mid mid video <laughs> fucking smart cats. Uh, not only are we going to 
have a lineup that has pieces that are different, but we're uh, not only are we not going to be duped, we're going to have a lot of pieces that are different. So now instead of playing 1v1s versus a bunch of lineups or 2v2s, now we've got four or five pieces that are very different than everybody else's lineups, and that gives our lineup a lot of chances to be successful other than just, I need my one guy to beat these guys one guy. That is not a path to success. This is why product ownership is the king and why you should be considering it over cumulative ownership. Cumulative ownership is what second graders use, okay? Product ownership is what grad students use, okay? So use it. This is key. And by the way, you can go mess around with this as much as you want. You could you could own a when you start say you want to go make this guy 90%, right? All right. And now let's go start making all these guys like 10%, which is just 0.1. I know some of you are mathematically challenged. And look, even though the, the cumulative ownership is actually higher at 190 versus the 180. You would only expect to see this duped in the entire 19,000 person entrance in the $5. You would expect to see this duped about one time, about one time. This is why product ownership is so much more important than cumulative ownership. There you go. That's all you get, brother. You want more? You come over to the discord and you watch my video over there. All right. Uh, speaking of which, I do ownership. Am I going to give you all 20 of them? Fuck no, I'm not. I spend too much time on it. But here are the top five. You want to know who's going to be the highest owned this week? Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you the worst kept secret in the world. Ownership matters more this week than it will ever matter because literally it's the only game you're playing, right? If you're one of those guys that's like, oh, but he hits the fairways a lot. Like, okay, what the fuck ever? Do you even know that that stat matters here? Do you even know that the stats you're looking at are measuring that correctly? You don't. You fucking don't. So if you want to go be a, you know, a model dude that like gets off on it, even though you're probably looking at the wrong shit and measuring it the wrong way, you go right on ahead. But I'm telling you, this is just a great week to play the game. And the first place you've got to start is by playing the ownership game as always. I will tell you this. If there's ever a week, the big guy will tell you, you need to leave some money on the table. It is this week because the pricing is baby shit soft. Okay, I'm talking baby, baby shit soft. It is bad. Okay, uh, John Rom should be 12500 and he's 107, right? So he's just uh, like disgustingly underpriced. Tony Finau should be probably 109 and he's 9300. Okay, so because of that, people are just naturally going to go play these guys, and their form has been great. They are incredible talents versus where they're at, and so it makes sense that Rom and Finau are going to get ownership. Tom Kim at 6,500. Somebody at DraftKings must have just dropped the ball because Tom Kim at 6,500 is laughable. I think his number is probably going to get close. He will be over 50% in single entries tomorrow. To me, he's almost unplayable because of how bad they mispriced him. Um and so you start to see some of these guys just have like out of control ownership. Rom and Scheffler is just simply because their win equity is so high versus what you have to pay. Tony Finau's and Tom Kemp's are just gross misprices. And Xander is just because everybody fucking loves Xander. I don't know what you want me to say. I'm not even really going to get into donkey chalk this week or eh chalk or okay chalk. I will say this. Anytime a guy is going to be 60% owned, like I think John Rom and Tom Kim probably will be, and Tony Finau probably will be 50 to 60% owned in single entries. I think that that's donkey chalk, right? Uh, are they probably going to get there? Yeah, maybe, maybe they will, but they're, you know, you know what? Maybe they won't. Right. Colin Morikawa coming in at 36, 37%. I got him just below Xander. I think he would have been number six on this list. Um, is, is he underpriced? Yes. Am I, am I going to fade him? Well, maybe, maybe, but I'll tell you this. Why would I go play a guy that's 36% owned just because he's mispriced when I could go play a guy that's 18% owned? that's just as good. That's what I would say to you this week. There are some guys that because they're mispriced, their ownership is going to be through the roof. Namely, Colin Morikawa, Tom Kim, Tony Finau, John Rom. Those are the big four that are mispriced. And when you're mispriced, you're always going to be highly owned. Okay, Because that's, that's the biggest weakness in the system is people are just going to go look at projected points versus what their salary is, and they're going to take what they see as a free square. But I implore you this week to not eat all of that chalk. 
to not be afraid to zig when everybody zags because this week, more than any week, you can leave $1,000, $2,000 on the table and not lose sleep over it because the difference between a guy at 7800 this week and a guy at 6800 is almost non-existent, right? Uh, who is it? Who would it be? Let me just go give an example. Uh, the difference between Max Homa at 6600 and Jordan Spieth at 7500 that's a $900 difference. I would say they're the exact same player or Max Homa is a little bit better right now. That's what I would say. So why would I not just leave the $1,000 on the table, right? That's, that, that's, that's an easy, easy game to do. Cam Young versus Sung JM, $1,000 difference. They're the exact same golfer. They offer the exact same amount of upside. So this is a week where I'm going to be leaving a lot of money on the table more than anything just to have my lineups be different. And second of all, because I, I don't really think that the talent gap is there between the first best golfer and the 15th best golfer in this tournament. Okay, now I will give you that Kevin Kisner is probably not as good as John Rahm, but uh, you know you're not going to convince me that that um, whoever that John Rahm can beat Corey Connors uh, nine times out of ten. I'm just not going to believe that, Bob. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not going to leave five thousand dollars on the table either. I'm probably going to consistently leave one to three thousand dollars on the table, but still make good plays. And if I like John Rahm, I'm going to fucking play John Rahm. Okay. Maybe I just won't go John Rom, Tony Finau, Colin Morikawa, uh, Tom Kim as the first four in my lineup because now I'm playing 2v2 versus 6,000 other chumps. So no thank you on that. So there is your ownership breakdown. A lot of, lot of ownership uh, is going to be concentrated this week. There's only 20 guys, so what do you want, right? Just remember, 30% is the average ownership. So if a guy's coming in at 23% and you call him chalk this week, you're a dumbass because he's actually way under-owned relative to what he should be in the field. The average ownership this week is 30%. So if a guy is below 30%, he's actually a good pivot this week. He's actually coming in below expected ownership. So that is ownership. That is the game this week. Make your lineups how you want. More than anything, save some money for showdown and really just try to play some fucking overlays over on the DraftKings because I don't know if that $20 is going to fill. I think I think there's uh, enough people getting hip to it that they don't want to play in uh, tournaments where a third of the money goes to uh, to first place. What What is 10th place? $1,000. Woo! Woo, that's one one hundredth of first. Awesome. All right. Just so you know, I uh, th- this will be my last uh, golf video, but 2023 has big things coming. I make this thing called the Rosetta Stone for my Discord, and they fucking love it. We started with college football, then we started doing an NFL, and they said, hey, why don't you make one of these for PGA? And so I'm going to make like an all-encompassing Rosetta Stone for PGA, which will have everything you would want from, is it a good cash play? Is it a good GPP play? A high upside? What's their ownership relative to each other? What's their make cup percentage? Are they, um, are, are, are they, are they going to be good pivots? Are they good sleepers? all of that. I'm going to put it into one big document. I'm going to start doing that in 2023. If you're interested in that, it is through my Patreon, which is over on my Discord. Here in the month of December, I'm going to offer a, a yearly package just for my OGs. So if you get over on the Discord this month, you can get the cheap yearly package for 2023 because if you don't know, I have a feeling my channel is going to get very popular in 2023 because there just ain't enough people out there that know what the fuck they're talking about. So get in now or forever hold your peace or don't. Just keep enjoying the free YouTube shit. All I ask is you give me a like and a sub because you can't help but notice there's no ads on these videos because I'm not a fucking poor. Go give me a follow on Twitter if you would. Getting close to 3,500. We already crossed 2,000 on YouTube. We're growing quickly. I appreciate all you mother fathers. I couldn't do it without you. Never uh, hesitate to reach out to me. I'll never big dog you. I don't take myself too serious like all these others assholes. I hope you kick some ass this week. If you do, shoot me a screenshot. I hope you win some money. I hope you enjoy the Hero World Challenge. But most of all, I hope you enjoy my outro. <laughs>